At first, it may seem odd that emotions are the primary contributor to career success, but when you consider that it's our emotions that drive our actions, reactions, and motivations, it it becomes clearer how they are uh, both our own emotions and those of our coworkers really are central to our productivity and performance at work. I'm Leslie Ferry, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of Brise, a mobile app designed to empower individuals and ignite their career success. My personal experiences, a lifelong career in technology, and a deep desire to build something that helps others experience more joy and less stress and anxiety at work led me to create Brise. On our Bright and Wise podcast, we integrate practical skills development guidance with stories of exceptional people who share how they got to where they are today and where they want to go next. My vision is a world where everyone is happy with who they are, skilled at overcoming adversity, and achieving their goals for success. Keep listening to hear how you can become bright and wise. season two of the Bright and Wise podcast. I am so excited by the great guests who are going to be joining us this season. Their backgrounds and job area expertise span practically every possible functional area in an organization, from marketing to sales, operations, engineering, finance, and more. From these conversations, you'll learn how individuals with different work styles and motivations have developed their emotional intelligence to take charge of their career. They've all elevated their self-awareness to self-empowerment. To most benefit from those conversations, I thought it would be helpful and it would help to make emotional intelligence more concrete for you in our careers to start the season with a discussion about how well-developed emotional intelligence aligns with our career goals. So that's where we're going to start. As you may recall from season one, we talked about how more than a hundred years ago, research revealed that emotional intelligence is the primary contributor to career success, but knowing how to assess and strengthen our own emotional intelligence competency can be confusing at times and even overwhelming. As a reminder, uh, emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize our own emotions and those of others. Being able to discern the difference between a variety of the emotions that we all possess and display, and then using this information to guide our thinking and behavior. And with well-developed emotional intelligence, we can take control of our emotions and quickly adjust them, if needed, to adapt to different environments to be productive and effective. At first, it may seem odd that emotions are the primary contributor to career success, but when you consider that it's our emotions that drive our actions, reactions, and motivations, it it becomes clearer how they are uh, both our own emotions and those of our coworkers really are central to our productivity and performance at work. Let's take stress, for example. When we have pending deadlines to complete a project, uh, we we can let stress overtake our thoughts and emotions, and that can impact our ability to think clearly or objectively, which in turn can negatively impact our ability to work and produce uh, at our best. 
And when we don't understand when our coworkers are experiencing high stress times, we can actually misinterpret their behaviors as not caring about a topic or even arrogance. To help individuals develop and strengthen their emotional intelligence, we at Bryce have categorized uh, EQ or emotional intelligence, cognitive skills into three categories, thinking, actions, and mindsets. Consider these questions of each. So thinking, does someone have a hurried reaction to what is said or what is read just immediately reacting? Or do they take some time to consider the responses or reactions that might take place three or even five steps beyond the initial action? possibly even going so far as to develop foresight. Behaviors. Are someone's behaviors being interpreted as they mean, or are their coworkers misinterpreting their behaviors? We actually don't always appear as we intend to others. We need to be very aware of our nonverbal messages, our body language, and facial expressions and tone of voice are sending to others. And then finally, mindset. Does someone have a positive attitude, always looking for ways to improve and succeed, and who is motivated by fixing things or achieving goals? Or do they have negative attitudes, only seeing that things aren't working, which then can cloud their judgment and actually block an ability to define fixes for problems? With this background information, Let's now link these skills or category, skill categories to a specific career goal. Let's say someone wants a promotion because they have a desire for more meaningful responsibilities or to contribute to more purposeful projects. To achieve this goal, this individual will need to demonstrate their abilities beyond what's listed in their job description. They need to exceed the expectations of their manager and others in the company or organization. The most visible way to perform at a level you aspire to is to deliver or produce high quality work that demonstrates that you are ready for the next job level, position, or project. Now, let me explain a bit more about how to do that by developing specific cognitive emotional intelligence skills and then I'll go in and share, go on to share some specific actions that you can take that hopefully will lead you to achieving this career goal example. The foundational thinking skills needed to produce high quality work are active listening, critical thinking, and problem solving. You also need to demonstrate initi- initiative, which, as you may correctly guess, is falls into our act category skill. Now, you might be surprised to hear that active listening is a thinking skill, but it is. Most people start forming an opinion or response after hearing just one or two comments that someone makes. By the way, this is not the thinking part of the skill. This inactive listening approach can cause us to miss essential facts and lead us to unnecessary work or even rework because we didn't fully understand the problem, objective, or opinion shared by that other person. We need to listen with our ears and our eyes. A person's tone of voice and body language reveals the emotions behind their opinion or ideas. You may already know this, but only 7% of successful communication is the spoken word. 
38% is tone of voice, and 55% is body language. So that thinking part of listening, it's the analysis of these three elements or all of these elements together. This observation and analysis approach powers our ability to understand others fully And more importantly, to ask clarifying questions if we don't understand their opinions, points, or or ideas. When we correctly understand others, the factors that contribute to a situation, a project's goals, or why something is actually a problem, we make fewer mistakes and we avoid wasting time working on unnecessary things because we didn't understand. Next is critical thinking. In today's immediate reaction world, critical thinking is becoming a lost art. Deep thinking involves considering a situation or data from different angles. Let's say, for example, suppose we believe customers act in a certain way, but we don't bother to validate this belief. Or uh, if we take data at face value without considering the source. This thinking approach can lead us to make decisions that produce negative outcomes or unintended consequences. Critical thinking is a process that doesn't include an immediate reaction, but rather an analysis of what might happen if different scenarios or reactions play out versus what we initially believe will happen, or if data has been manipulated to influence our opinions and we we don't challenge that or consider that fact. Critical thinking also involves understanding an organization's goals or objectives and ensuring that every action that we take helps to work towards achieving them. And the final thinking skill is problem solving. And it's one of the most highly sought after skills by today's employers. Both strong active listening and critical thinking are needed to problem solve successfully. Strong problem solvers are always on the lookout for gaps between the desired outcome and an actual outcome, primarily because they constantly analyze what's happening around them or performance data. This habit helps to minimize the impacts of any problems and can even potentially stop a problem from developing in the first place. When an effective problem solver does identify an issue, they systematically determine the best fix, which starts by looking for the source of the problem. Not the first source, but the root cause, which requires looking at the situation from different angles and questioning why it has happened in different ways. That sounds a lot like critical thinking, doesn't it? Individuals who continuously search for problems understand the goals and objectives of the individual positions in a company, functional area area responsibilities, and the organization's ultimate mission, purpose, or goals. This understanding leads them to more quickly identify a gap between desired outcomes and actual outcomes. Actively seeking these gaps powers an ability to take initiative. People who take initiative are said to be self-starters, and because they understand, again, the job, team, and organization's purpose, they can then pursue projects and tasks to ensure that each goal is realized, and they do it without being told what to do step by step. It's natural to think that our manager, boss, or someone in a leadership role will tell us what to do step by step, 
But in today's knowledge economy, we're hired because of our subject matter expertise. And there's an expectation of a commitment to continuous learning and a go-do-it attitude. Today's employers, they, they expect us to understand a problem or challenge, why it is a problem or challenge, and then just go about figuring out what needs to be done to fix it. Again, without being told what to do step by step. Now, this is not to say that our boss or manager is unwilling to help out, especially if you're stuck on a topic. As a matter of fact, when we demonstrate that we've made an attempt, but we're now stuck, great bosses are very willing to help remove barriers in our thinking or within an organization to make sure that we continue to make progress. They just expect us to give it a try first. Now, of course, there are other emotional intelligence skills that are important to getting a promotion, but these are the foundational skills needed to produce high-quality work and successfully take initiative. And it will help you if your career goal happens to be getting a promotion or uh, advancing faster in your career. Here's a quick story from my own career to demonstrate the benefits of developing and strengthening these specific uh, emotional intelligence skills. Last season on Bright and Wise, I shared in one of our episodes that I had a very frustrating work situation, which in hindsight has been invaluable to the development of my critical thinking. It was a bit maddening at the time, but I am now extremely grateful for the experience. I believe that 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 frustrating event demonstrated to me the need to clearly understand the goal or objective of a meeting, project job, and it has led me to a mindset of go-do-itness. So with my newfound approach to work, I almost unknowingly adopted a a take-initiative work style. My personal goal-oriented motivation supports this work style, which is why I say I, quote-unquote, unknowingly uh, started to take initiative. Thanks to an ability to think critically, problem-solve, and demonstrate initiative, I was tapped on two different occasions to lead a customer acquisition uh, integration task force with two of my employers. Both newly created cross-functional project teams were born out of acquisitions by my companies. In one, we had uh, acquired one of our competitors, and the second time, it was a technology acquisition goal. But the mission of both task force teams was to retain a high percentage of the customers we now had, thanks to our acquisitions. In both situations, I needed to work across functional areas from um, uh, the product development team and engineering to finance and customer service, sales, and operations. We needed to ensure that we maintained or offered or provided an even higher product and customer service quality experience to these newly acquired customers. I was entrusted with the responsibility of building trust with our newly acquired customers so that they remained our customers and they didn't flee to a competitor. Now, I had no idea how I was going to conquer this challenge, but I knew that I could figure it out. So I rolled up my sleeves and got to work. 
I studied the functionality of our newly acquired products. I read marketing materials and other customer uh, promising documents that had encouraged prospects to become customers of our newly acquired companies. I listened in on customer service calls to hear directly from customers what they were experiencing or and any frustrations. I helped to write customer update communications uh, to both our new and existing customers, making sure to always express our gratitude that they were our customers. I analyzed performance data to understand if customers were using the products at, at the same level or if their usage had started to fall off. And I also looked at any other data that might suggest we were uh, about to have a problem or an issue. Thankfully, what I found after several months is that we were achieving our goal of building trust with our new customers. That the first customer acquisition integration team I led retained 95% of our acquired customers after just one year. Our goal was only 80%. The second customer integration team's goal was to extend customer life by six months, which we also did. I wanted to share these experiences to demonstrate that when you understand the goals and objectives of a job, project, or team, you are in a better position to think about a variety of different responses or reactions. In other words, think critically, listen closely, and problem solve effectively which, when all three work in unison, demonstrates an ability to take initiative and achieve goals. So the moral of the story is to spend time making sure you understand the mission, goal, or purpose of a task, job responsibility, or project team. Then set out to determine how you will achieve it versus spending time just walking around asking others how they think you can accomplish something step-by-step. When you do, you will gain great respect by others in your company and organization for your ability to see that something needs to be done and doing it. And then new opportunities will come to you. I didn't ask to lead those, those project teams. I didn't even know they were going to exist, but I was tapped on the shoulder and offered the opportunity. Okay. So now back to those actions I promised that you can take to demonstrate your abilities and get noticed and hopefully potentially get a promotion or work on a new project if that's your your career goal. So let's circle back to the beginning of this conversation. Just as a reminder, when we talked about to get noticed, we need to produce high quality work and take initiative. If you want to elevate both of these skills or qualities, identify a job that you aspire to have one day. Then read three to five different job descriptions for that job. Focus on the responsibilities or technical skills required for that job. Now, identify the skills needed that you do not currently possess or are not currently demonstrating, and set a plan for how you can develop those skills or demonstrate those skills. Then with your game plan set, go out and demonstrate your ability to produce high quality work and take initiative without being told what to do step by step. I hope you now have a more clear picture of how emotional intelligence aligns with our career goals and can power career satisfaction 
and success. If you find our podcast interesting, please leave us a rating and review so others can benefit too. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.